Hello, I'm Lakita and welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast, where my partner Chloe and I talk about building and co-creating the future of work. We hope this podcast will be your weekly dose of support on all things work, leadership, and personal development as it relates to creating culture for you and your team. Because one of our principles is to be a guy, we look forward to providing space for our shared learning and exploration while trusting your personal experiences. After all, this is what co-creation is all about. So let's co-create together. Hello, co-creators, and welcome back to another episode of the Co-Create Work Podcast. And this week, we are going to be answering your questions about hiring. So we've got a list of questions, and we are just going to dive right in. Lakita, you want to kick us off? I definitely will, but I do have to take a beat and first say that we are celebrating at Co-Create Work Chloe's birthday. Happy birthday, (laughs) Chloe. Uh, And so on Chloe's birthday, we are recording a QA and a episode. I love it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Chloe, you're like, oh, goodness. (laughs) Let's get into it. So we're answering, as Chloe mentioned, Q&A this week. You all have a lot of great questions we're excited to dive into. And some of these capture some of the items we've been talking about in the previous weeks. And there are a couple of new things that we're excited to jump into. And then in the next few episodes, we're actually going to be bringing you more guests. And we're going to have two guests to talk about high-end both at a larger organization, growing a larger organization, and then for a small business who's just like adding their very first person. So we're super excited to bring those conversations to you uh, in the coming weeks, and they are both brilliant. So let's kick it off. The very first question we got is how do you create a captivating job posting that attracts the right talent? Yes. So we talked a little bit about this when it comes to branding and attraction and the importance of thinking through the company, your principles, the types of folks you want. And that is a huge part of creating that captivating job posting is really providing a story and description of what the person's going to be joining, what they're going to be part of so that they feel interested in being part of your organization. And then there's the actual what are they going to be doing for the job and writing that in a way that they really can visualize and see themselves in the job at work, part of the team um, when it comes to that captivating job posting. Lakita, I know you've got some additional thoughts on this, so I'd love to hear them. Yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you said. And we just always want to highlight that the attraction starts with your principles and your company. So definitely include that. Another thing, Chloe, that we have seen some folks miss on is like, what do you offer them, right? So we've seen a lot of job descriptions where right out the gate, it's like, we need you to do this, 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 and this. And we need to say what's in it for them, right? This is a mutual attraction. So 
What are some of the ways that the company works? What are some things they can expect? What benefits and bonuses, those items that you offer? Uh, Let's just be clear about that. And let's make sure we include that in the job description. And then as Chloe mentioned, what will they be doing? And how does it connect to kind of their superpowers, right? So we have seen titles like who you are, right? And then they describe things like you're someone who's really interested in data. You know, you're committed to going above and beyond in delivery for our clients. It is really important to you to have space to design new ideas and innovation. So we really just want to be clear about uh, the skills the individual will have and the types of things they'll be able to bring into the role uh, versus listing out 10 years of experience two years writing. <laughs> uh, High level of data is, analysis. Right? Yeah. So just like a bullet of overview of experience. Let's talk about skills. Let's talk about the type of way that they might work and show up in the organization and ensure that you are sharing what's in it for them. Awesome. Our next question, what is your opinion on applicant tracking systems? Yeah, absolutely. And so just a little bit about like applicant tracking systems, there is a variety. Some of these systems will uh, have a candidate submit their resume and they do kind of an automatic reading of the resume and sort folks out. So there are a a lot of systems. I know that Indeed, actually, ZipRecruiter, some of those tools have some of this already built in where you can highlight uh, certain categories and uh, certain experience that you are looking for. So applicant tracking systems are, it's a challenge, right? Like uh, anything that we have right now that can read and sort uh, is open to mistakes, right? It's open yep. to not capturing the type of uh, experience that you're looking for, especially in your role as you are increasing something like diversity on your team. You may be looking for lived experience in a certain way. You may be looking for um, the types of skills like communication skills, leadership skills that may not be captured and picked up by an applicant tracking system. So I would say like proceed with caution. Yeah. We always, always recommend after you have a role posted and out there, there at the end of that very first week, do an analysis. How many people have applied? Is it the right type of experience that you're looking for? Um, Do you feel like you have a high level of diversity and background? Uh, Do you have a high level of interest? Very first week, we don't want you going two, three, four weeks and not doing at least an initial assessment. So if you decide to use some of these tools, please check in often to see what types of candidates you're getting and be open to adjust if needed. One of our favorite ways to have folks adjust is to just list out three key questions that you would like candidates to answer. Keep it short, keep it sweet, give them a certain amount of time to answer those questions uh, and get those back. A lot of time that will give you 
um, key information that you need to help you to sort through candidates. Because really what applicant tracking systems are about, right, is this like sorting of candidates uh, and being able to say, I have 500 resumes. How do I move things forward? So this question piece could be really critical. And we have found that it's a game changer for uh, our partners and clients. Yes, I will just add that you want to make sure that you have a way of tracking candidates where you can easily see for yourself. So when we think about applicant tracking systems, that's the technology. But from a system point of view, you're keeping track of who's applying, you're keeping track of the candidates you have, it can be really useful to have some key things you're looking for so that if you are getting lots of candidates, but they're not the right candidates, to Lakita's point, you do that evaluation and analysis, you may need to make some tweaks to your job posting, your job description, where you're posting it to make sure that you're getting the candidates that you want. And that's part of your own internal tracking. So not necessarily a technology tracking system that you've paid for, but you want to make sure that you're tracking for yourself as you're hiring. Yes, Chloe, I think that's such a critical point. And it just highlights what we always come down to as systems. And so if you're listening and you're like, "Ah, I don't know, Chloe and Lakita, like this sounds very complex. I just want to do like a little humble brag on co-create work to say that our clients all the time tell us like, oh my gosh, like I have the most amazing team. I have found the most amazing people um, because I've used the tools and techniques that you all have highlighted. So this um, complexity or additional steps, it's like a slow down to speed up situation that we're outlining for you here. All right. Okay, so let's go to question three. Um, When reviewing an applicant's skills or uh, tests, any assessments, what is the type of thing that you focus on? Um, For instance, should I be looking at their personality? Should I be measuring for problem solving, emotional intelligence, all of the above? What say you, Chloe? Well, let's start with my area of expertise, which would be like those personality traits, personality assessments, emotional intelligence. And what you want to make sure you're doing when you're assessing is looking at the job and what the person brings to the job and asking behavior-based questions to identify are they going to be able to do this job? Have they done something like this in the past? I'm going to be real clear on this. Now we're talking personality traits. Some folks like to use personality assessments. They should not be used for hiring ever. Um, It is not a thing that is recommended. It can create a lot of bias. And someone's personality doesn't dictate whether or not they can do a job. Period. That is correct. Period. I love that you said that. And a lot of times to just add to your period, Chloe, it is illegal for 99.9% of those tests. Yes. When it comes to hiring. I'll let you continue, Chloe. (laughs) So when it comes to those pieces, um, focusing on the skill sets, the behaviors, what the person needs to do the job, that's what you want to stay focused on. So even when you're thinking about emotional intelligence, well, what does that look like? What are the behaviors you're looking for? And getting really clear and focused on what questions can I ask when I'm assessing this person to understand how they're going to show up and do the job. And again, understand actual behaviors. Yes. And so we encourage folks to always measure for ownership always measure for ability to problem solve, 
always measure for ability to deal with ambiguity. But those are just some examples of kind of like those skills based elements that you're looking for. And those three in particular are really important to how we work now, really important to the future of work and also just like good partnership with folks. Um, Chloe, I think one thing we can do, I'm just thinking of this is like throw out our short question guide. So we'll add that in the show notes for you all, just like a couple of key categories and a question in each of those. Um, in addition uh, to uh, emotional intelligence and problem solving, um, as we mentioned, you can also think of the initial three question um, once you received a resume uh, for folks to answer. We think that's a really good way to help you understand uh, how the person is thinking about this role. How do they um deal with any challenges or their ways of thinking um, in connection with this job as well. And an additional thing that I love about the three questions is that it makes space for people who process information differently so that they have an opportunity to showcase what they want to share with you in a way that aligns better with how they process information and share information. So if you've got this preference for processing via writing versus a preference for processing via talking. Uh, so yeah. it, it really makes a big difference. Yeah, I love it. All right. So let's go on to our next question. How often should you update candidates about the ongoing process? Um, one thing that you're going to definitely hear from us to talk about is like have a high level of respect for people's time. Uh, so it's so important to keep folks updated on the process. So think of this as um, your client services uh, for candidates and really make this a differentiator for your organization and your company. So after folks have like submit their resume, you can have all of this automated. If you are moving forward, you will hear a response from us within this amount of time. Um, after a phone interview, hey, you have made it to the next step of the process. You will uh, receive next steps on in-person or virtual interview. Here is who you will be speaking with. Like give people the information that they need. What that shows is that you're organized and you are like uh, about your business, <laughs> right? With In the business of um, recruiting and attracting the best, and it's so important, Chloe, because we see time and time again, folks apply for a role. Uh, they may even have an interview, maybe an in-person interview and don't hear back uh, ever or don't hear back for months. And it's completely unacceptable in our book because it only takes a few moments to treat people with respect. And so if you want respect from a candidate, you have to treat them with respect, right? So we were saying things like, oh, you know, uh, folks will say via social, hey, I had somebody uh, and I offered them a role and then they just didn't show up. I would be curious about like what your hiring process was like and how you were engaged with folks. So this one is a really easy one to fix and address, which is to outline the timeline, write some pre-written emails about all the next steps and have those ready to go and set up as a part of your process. And you mentioned this a little, I just want to make it really explicit, setting expectations at every step of the process of when folks are going to hear back from you. So if you know, you've got interviews with candidates for the next two weeks, letting them know at the end of their interview, you'll hear back from us in two weeks. 
it can be two weeks. It doesn't have to be the next week. What's really critical is that they know when to expect when they're going to hear from you. So they're not just waiting and wondering. I would say on that, it can be two weeks. You want the process to move with some amount of speed um, overall, both for yourself and for the candidates. But setting those expectations and just being really clear at the end of each step or laying out the timeline at the beginning, making sure you're updating candidates if the timeline changes at some point, because that does happen. And that's okay. Keep people in the know. That's most important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, next question. How do you evaluate candidates? I love that we got this question. I've heard lots of people say, you know, we interviewed, we really liked their responses. They seemed like they'd be a good fit, which we've already talked about that. Um, But I like this question because people should be thinking about this. How do we evaluate candidates? Yes. And we are team rubrics, right? Like we we definitely believe in uh, how powerful a rubric can be. And it helps to clarify. It helps to ensure that you're asking for examples uh, and it helps to remove bias. So what we would say is look at each of the categories that you are measuring for. So typically you're looking at something like uh, experience to some degree. You're looking at expertise in a given field and then you're looking at overall skills. So you should write each of those out as a category, and then you would give a rating to how the candidate responded in those categories. Somewhere you could do one to three, you can do one to five is really open. But the main thing here is that you need to therefore capture examples. So if you're like, hey, what's really important in this role is that uh, the candidate will be able to have influence you won't be able to write down in the rubric like, oh, I think there are five for influence because I I just felt like they were influential, (laughs) right? What are the ways that they communicated? What are the examples that they gave? What are the experiences that they provided that helped you to understand that this person has a strong ability to influence others? And as you can see, like the intentionality behind this will help to give you a lot more clarity versus just going with like your gut yep. intuition. We see so many experts are like, hey, you just meet somebody and like go with your gut. And is this the type of person you want to have coffee with? And I just have to challenge that because what that does is it uh, creates a bias within us. And we're typically going to want to have coffee with folks that are somewhat like us yep. uh, or have some of the same experiences that we have had. So we really want to challenge that narrative and encourage you to think about this uh, from a systems view and create a rubric. And Lakita, when you were talking about that bias piece and thinking about a rubric, when you're thinking about those categories and what you're looking for do be challenging yourself to be looking for folks who are going to complement you and how you work in the business. So when you're thinking about what you need, it's both in the role and also for your organization. And those should be aspects of the rubric, thinking through what do I need from a person in this role, both as the person performing the role, but also as I'm thinking about building my organization and the entirety of the community of my organization, what do I need here? And a rubric so helpful. Yeah. 
I completely agree. And that goes back to that culture ad piece. I love it. Yes. All right. What's up next, Chloe? Socials and recruiting. Are socials a good method? And what tips and tricks do you have? Yes. So we definitely encourage you to leverage social. I think we've said this before, but one of our favorite places for post enrolls is actually LinkedIn. It gives you a lot of information. It allows your connections to reshare that role. Folks can really immediately click in and learn more about you, likely more about the business, which we know is so important to candidates. So our number one recommendation for posting is LinkedIn. Um, we are not sponsored out <laughs> by LinkedIn, but maybe we should be. Uh, but we <laughs> we think it's a very good place. We also want to just name that um, based on who your folks are that you are looking for, your industry uh, in particular, people may be in a different place, right? So those folks may be on your, if you have a huge mailing list, if um, you have um, uh, certain networks that you're connected with, we would definitely encourage you to leverage those as well. Uh, if you think like it's, if your work is very specialized, so you may need to leverage uh, some of those other locations also. Yes. And maybe a little tangential, but something that is worth mentioning is if you are thinking about sharing in your networks and you notice that your networks are a lot of people like you, it can also give you a good clue that you may want to start building your network, broadening your network so that you have even a better network to share with when you're thinking about hiring and getting information out there to folks. It's a good check-in. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So get out there and get social with that role. I yep, <laughs> love yep. to see it. All right. So up next uh, is should you ever bring in search support? So let's first of all, make sure folks know what search support is. So what we're talking about here is external hiring, recruiting folks who help you find someone to fill a role. And mm -hmm. when it comes to that search support, yes, there are times to bring in search support. There's a lot of different factors to consider when it comes to that piece, uh, one of which is your networks and how much exposure you can have for that role. The other one that I'm thinking of is also the level of role and how specialized it is and how challenging it may be to find a person the person that you need for that role. Lakita, what else should folks be thinking about when it comes to search support? Yeah, so we we want you to encourage you to make sure that if you do make the decision to go with a search or recruiting company, you make sure that they align with your principles and what you're looking for. So it's very important to highlight um, things like diversity is very important to me. Here are the types of skills that we are looking for, the type of working styles and communication styles. Just be really explicit in that and make sure that it's clear. Again, is we mentioned earlier, do an early check-in. So look at the first few candidates. Is this um, partnership with the organization going in the right direction or not? And be willing to update them as needed. Sometimes folks do this to ensure like they can get connected with other networks that are outside of their network. Like Chloe mentioned, sometimes it's about the role, perhaps the seniority. In addition to that, it can be about speed, yep. right? Like do is, is, 
this organization or if using search will allow me to continue to do other work that we need to do as a business. Um, and that can be, I can have, you know, outsource that. Your team is the most important part of your company and any organization. So it is absolutely of uh, okay to use a search organization and it's okay to use it to increase speed. What's not okay is to ever like lower your standards and expectations for them going through a very clear process and systemic process. So holding them accountable to your principles, to making sure that there's no bias in that process. All of that is super important to walk through with them if you make a decision to go with an organization like this. Great. And our final question is, should I think about hiring with a recession coming? Oh, goodness. Yeah. (laughs) This is a big question. Uh, And none of us are... uh, Uh, future tellers here. So we, you know, have definitely been talking to our clients and hear a lot of conversations about the potential recession that's coming. And does that mean that they should freeze hiring? What I'll say is you understand the scope of your business, you understand your projects and needs for the upcoming year. So you want to sit down and look at that from a business perspective. So even if there is a recession, do we have a certain amount of business that's already signed and promised? those sorts of elements? And will we need someone to do this work? So if that answer is yes for you, then that means you will make the decision to go forward with hiring. Um, Now is a great time to hire because there are great talented people who are looking for organizations that are about transformation, that are about sustainability um, and stability at this time. So Absolutely. If you look at your goals, um, look at your business over the next six months and coming year and things look strong to you there, we think it's a great time to hire. And I will just offer from my own experience in 2008, when we were experiencing a recession, I was in the category of just taking an opportunity to look at what I was doing and decided I wanted to do something different and make a switch. And so To your point, Lakita, around great talent being out there, you may also find that folks are doing that same thing and you can find some really great folks who are going to bring a lot of different backgrounds, knowledge, approach, and be that culture add that maybe you wouldn't have gotten at a different point in time. Yes, absolutely. All right, Chloe. Well, that closes us out. So many great questions from folks. We're going to encourage you to continue to send us questions regardless of the topic that we're talking about. Uh, That helps to give us ideas for additional topics. And um, we love to answer questions. So we are happy to answer those as we go through as well. So uh, in our coming episodes, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to have some really great founders that we're going to be talking to over the next couple of sessions. And uh, if you want to share any questions that you might have for them, please send those our way as well. You have our contact information in the show notes. And as always, thank you for your leadership.
Thank you for tuning in. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this week's episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you please email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast on your favorite platform.